So that's what we want to learn today, guys, that God really does love us. No matter what we're going through, right, no matter what the situation is, no matter what school starting, summer, whatever's going on, right, good or bad, God really loves us, no matter what we're going through. So, Lord, we just thank you this morning, Father God. Lord, we just ask you just to pour it in their hearts, Father God. Let these young people just know, God, just realize, just come to the understanding, Father, that you really love them. Father, you are there for them no matter what they're going through, no matter what the situation is. God, no matter how, how big or how bad it may look, Father, that you're there for them this morning, Father. We just, we love you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. Lord, we ask you just to, to speak to us this morning, God. Not my words, Lord, but you speak through me, God. Let me say something that's going to stick. It's going to stick in their heads, God. Stick in their hearts. They can take with them this week as school starts, Father God. As we go into our youth retreat this weekend, let us just want to grow stronger and deeper. Just grow more in you, Father God, because you do love us. We thank you for that, God. Lord, we ask you just to bless us. Keep us today, God. Keep us safe. Keep us going. Bring us back, Lord. So in your name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So everybody can head back to your seats. Give it up for the worship team. Didn't they do a good job this morning? Doing such a good job. We're so excited for them, so happy for them. We appreciate all the hard work they got and they do for us. We love it. So excited for them. I got a, a little note handout over there and pen. Somebody, you want to help me with that? Cool. Cool, cool. Stephen, hit that light for me behind you. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. I feel like it's been so long since I got to, to talk to you guys. It's been a few weeks. We've had some, some leaders talk. We've had some students talk, and they've done great. But I've missed it. I can tell you that. I've missed it. It's been too long, I feel like. I am ready to go. It is my first time with all the move-ups. Who's all the move-up kids? Who just moved up? Love it. I know we got like seven or eight total that moved up. So I'm excited that I get to finally talk to you. Talk to my new youth. We're going to have a good time, okay? Well, we're starting a new series. And it may, it may be a series. It may not. We'll see how it goes. But we're going to call it Deep, right? We're going deep. We're going to try to get deeper in our relationship, deeper with Jesus, Okay, and if you come to the youth retreat, I named the youth retreat Deeper, okay, because that's what we're going to be looking into. It's what we're going to be focusing into on the youth retreat next week. And if you haven't signed up, guys, it's not too late, okay? I encourage you to talk to your parents. You want to go, okay? It's on the app. It's on the website. It's $110, like I say, but that is literally covering food and the, the stay at the camp. It's not a hotel, but at the campground, your T-shirt you're going to get, Okay. That is not us making any kind of money. It's just covering the basics. We want to keep it as cheap as we can. So please come, okay? This is just like the, the, the trampoline just jumping off on what we're going to be studying and looking into on that weekend, right? We want this weekend to be fun, but we want it to be meaning and powerful, right? We want to be able to, to dig in and, and just learn how we can get a little bit deeper with Jesus, okay? So we're going to jump into it. It just happens to be... I know we just did a lot of the Summer in the Psalms um, series for four or five weeks or so, but I'm actually going to be looking into Psalms today as well, so you get a little bit more of that. But everybody good? Everybody got their pen and pad? 
Got their note handouts. Okay, we're going to start. How many of y'all have ever been to the Grand Canyon? Anybody? Grand Canyon. We've got a couple hands. Okay. A couple hands. Now, people talk about, this is what this picture is. There's another one. Is there one without the word on it, too? That's a picture of the Grand Canyon, okay? People talk about just how pictures don't do it, right? Just don't do it. You have to be there to actually get the full magnitude of the Grand Canyon. But did the Grand Canyon start like that? Okay, what happened? There is actually the Colorado River is what runs through the Grand Canyon. But over years, right, decades, hundreds of years, the Colorado River actually was flowing. But what was it doing? It was actually moving um, limestone, sandstone, rocks, and everything, right? Sediment was just moving, moving, moving to where it actually just started kind of carrying stuff away, right? Started moving, started just building this valley, building these crevices, and just started over years and years and years, it's, it's worn it away to where now we have the Grand Canyon, and now they say it's over a mile deep, okay? I've never actually been there. I want to go and see it, but we've got groups that have hiked it and friends that have been there and stayed in it, but the Grand Canyon is amazing. It's beautiful. That's kind of like how we want our relationship with God to be, right? We want to be deep. We want to have all these layers. You can see the colors of the rocks, right? You can see it, the oranges, the yellows, the browns, all these different layers. We don't want to be just a surface-level Christian, right? Put that other, that other picture up. It's like a flat land, right? Is that what we want to look like? We don't want to have this flat relationship with Jesus. We want to have crevice. We want to be the Grand Canyon, right? We want to have deep, deep relationships. You can go back to the Grand Canyon. It's a lot prettier picture to look at anyway, right? This is what we're going to look into some today, okay, guys? Just how the rushing waters create this beautiful canyons. And that's what we want to look into, okay? We're going to just keep on going, keep diving into it, okay? How do we get a deep relationship with Jesus. How does that happen? Y'all talked to me this morning. How does that work? Spending more time with him, right? Reading scripture, yep. Okay, it's one of those things that doesn't happen overnight. How many of you, day one of Spanish class, boom, you can speak Spanish fluently, right? Is that how it works? I wish, right? I might have passed a lot more classes that way. That's how it worked, Right? It's not how it works, though, right? It's over time, over studying, over weeks and months, right, of, of, of reading, of practice tests, of quizzes, of reading it wrong to, to reading it right, right? It's just how it works. You got to work at it. And that's how that rushing river did. It just slowly took away, took some sediment away, just was rushing, 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 right? Just years. I want you to think of a time when God at least on some level, let you down. Okay, think about this. I know this is something we don't talk about a lot in church. We don't think about that. How many of y'all have ever, in your mind, right, maybe not be right, but in your mind, you thought God let you down? Honestly, how many of y'all thought that? Okay, I've had that happen. Okay? Think about maybe you prayed a very specific prayer. Hayden even mentioned it a little bit last week, right? How do those kids that get cancer or kids that get sick, how do they die? 
I mean, we've known people that we prayed for that have lost a baby or lost somebody that's young, right? Too young to die. God, how can you let that happen? We pray specifically for healing, right? I feel like God's let me down in those times. Maybe how many of you have ever felt close to God at one point, but then you feel farther away now than you ever have? Man, at church camp, I was so, me and God, we were so tight, right? But now I ain't read my Bible in weeks or I ain't prayed in months or, okay? I don't feel God is not close to me anymore. Have you ever known anybody that was super strong in their faith? Right? Real, you think they would know everything, right? Every verse, they could just quote it. Know where every passage was in the game, they'd kill everybody. But now they've, they've backslidden or they've stepped away from God. You know, it's just like baffles. How could that be, God? How could that happen? How does somebody that strong turn away from God? Have you ever read something in the Bible, too, and it just didn't match up? Or, like, man, that's kind of weird. Or what does that mean? Or how does that happen, right? Most of us get the idea, especially if you ever grew up in church your whole life, like I did. My dad's still a pastor, so I grew up a pastor's kid. Right? We grew up in church. We know that sometimes we feel like expressing disappointment in God is wrong. That's not the right way to, to do it, right? We learn all the, the, the Christian phrases and how you can sugarcoat it, how, you know, God's got this, or put it in God's hands. God's good all the time. We want to just not think about it. But we know sometimes we, we feel disappointed, okay? We're going to look into, like I said, Psalms 77. You can, the writer of this one, you can say his name however you want. It's spelled A-S-A-P-H. Asaph, that's how I'm going to say it. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I even asked Pastor Josh. He said Asaph, okay, because it could be wrong, but that's how we're going to go with today, okay? Writer, writer's name is Asaph, okay? He digs this deep story of how he feels God's let him down, okay? We're just going to break it down a little bit today. We're going to look right into it, okay? So we're going to start. We're going to read basically that whole book of Psalms. Okay, so 77, start at verse 1. Listen to this, verse 1. I cry out to God. Yes, even I shout to him. I'm going to read it from the, the New Living, okay? This is the NIV, so it may look a little bit different, okay? I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for help. Now, if we stop there for a second, can you sense disappointment? Right? Can you feel how he's feeling? Right? What does verse 1 tell us? That he cries out, God, would you listen to me? It's literally what he's saying, right? How many of y'all have to yell that to your brother or sister or mom or dad? Are you listening to me? Why won't you listen to me? Why do you say that? Because you feel like they're not listening. You feel like they're not even paying attention, right? But the second line tells us, right, what he's saying. God, would you listen? But from his perspective, what does he think? He thinks God's not there. God's not listening to him at all. He's abandoned him. Why does it feel like it? Because what happens? Verse 2, what does it tell us, right? Verse 2. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord, okay? At least he knew to search for the Lord. That's good. If you're in trouble, go to God. That's great, okay? 
All night long I prayed. My hands were lifted. But he says my soul was not comforted, right? So he's disappointed. He thought he was going to reach out to God and be comforted, but he wasn't, okay? All night long he reached out, expecting that God would bring comfort to his life. But he's disappointed, okay? Does that mean God's not there? Does that mean God's not listening just because he doesn't feel comforted, right? We talked about it a little bit in the, in the guys' small groups Wednesday. We talked about how God is the answer's prayers. What did we say? We said no is an answer to a prayer, right? It could be. Every prayer is not yes. If it's not a yes, then, oh, God didn't answer my prayer. No. No is an answer too, right? Your mom or dad tells you yes or no, right? Because that's an answer. So God's still there. He's still hearing you. Maybe this doesn't answer that for a reason. Okay, if there's for a purpose. So number one in your handout. Number one is be honest. Okay? Being honest is the first step into deep relationship, right, into deep growing with the Lord, okay? We're jumping into it a little bit differently, okay? We're just starting this. I'm telling you, we've got some cool discussions in the youth retreat. I'm excited for it. This is ASAP's reality right there, okay? This is where he's at, and he's being brutally honest with God. He's being brutally honest about it, all right? What does that do? That's letting that river start to flow. Honesty is flowing, okay? It's just knocking stuff down. It's knocking rocks down, knocking barriers down in my life. Things that are holding me back, I'm being honest. It's knocking down sediment, okay? And then we're going to keep going in verse 4. Asaph does kind of a risky thing here, okay? Verse 4, he says, you don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days long since ended. When my nights were filled with joyful songs, I searched my soul and pondered the difference now. Okay? But he's basically telling the Lord, I did this back then, but it ain't happening now. He's being honest, right? I almost feel like it's a conversation where he's just mad and kind of fussing that God, right? Just kind of telling him all of his disappointments. We can do that. We're allowed to do that with God, right? We come to God and talk to him like he's our friend. We can tell him the good and the bad sometimes. He's saying he can't even sleep at night. He's full of such stress, such discomfort. He can't even sleep at night. When he tries to pray, he can't sleep. So what's there left to do? Asaph says what? He says it in, uh, which verse was that? It says he searched his soul in verse 6. He searched his soul, okay? The act of searching your soul is the next step. That's number two, okay? In your handout. Searching your soul, right? We have to go in and search our soul. So that was Psalm 77, 6. Okay, it's not pretty sometimes. may not be the most spiritually correct or the Sunday school answer. But for Asaph, searching his soul only ended up leading to deeper disappointment, he felt like. It's like he opened the floodgates to the rushing Colorado River of disappointment in his heart. Okay, he felt like it was getting out of control, out of control. Most of us, we're okay with just a little bit of honesty trickling through, right? 
Nobody wants that full river just running of honesty. We might not be open to ourselves to even want to hear all the honesty that that could bring. Okay? But when we had to put a stop to it sometimes, we got to say, we got to think we're supposed to say, it's okay, it's going to happen, right? We have to know that God is there for us. God wants to hear the good and the bad. Like I said, okay, it's all good. Asaph doesn't do that. Let's continue. Verse 7. This is, remember, Asaph talking. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Listen to how he's talking. Is his unfailing love gone forever? Has his promises permanently failed me? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has God slammed the door on his compassion? I like how the NLT reads it, right? How many of y'all think God's ever forgotten to be gracious? Is that something God forgets? You think God's going to slam the door on us no matter what we do? All right, we can be the worst person in the world, but God's not ever going to slam a door on us. He's not ever going to forget us. But this is how he's feeling in the moment, okay? We've all been there. We've all been mad at somebody. We've all been mad before. We've let our temper get the best of us. This is just him getting mad at God like it's his best friend, okay? It's almost like, okay, really, don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel ASAP. That's what he's just letting everything out. He's being brutally honest with us, okay? But I feel like he kind of sums it up in this next verse, verse 10. He says, and I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. He's just like almost accepted it. This is just my fate in life. God's turned his back on me. He's done with me. Had some good days. He's turned his back on me. And his honest soul searching, Asaph has let the water's disappointment dig, 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 and take over everything in his life. He thinks God's just not listening, right? God hasn't listened. He hasn't loved him. He's, he didn't even love him the whole time. He's actually turned his back on him. That's how Asaph feels right now. He's so disappointed. Okay? But it's, it's, he's the very mature thing, I think. He's more mature than I would have been in this point. If I was this low, I don't know if I would have turned it around like this, okay? He got to these depths, but this is what happened, okay? Let's look into verse 11. But then... After all this complaining, okay, all this complaining, how he thinks God's turned his back on him, God hates him, doesn't love him. This is his fate in life, right? But then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. O God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power amongst the nation. Verse 15, by your strong arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Okay? So from the space of, of honest, raw emotion and just disappointment, right? Asaph can now look up and see the mighty walls of the canyon. He's seeing the Great Canyon, right, the Grand Canyon. He's seeing all these beautiful walls. After all this disappointment that has run through his life, he can look up and see the walls. Okay? 
To, and number three, you look up by looking back. Okay? He looked up by looking back. He remembered all that God had done for him. I kept his eyes focused where they need to be focused. He recalled all the wonderful deeds, the mighty works, the great wonders, all these words he's using in these verses. He knows God has done it before, that God can do it again. He knew that God's ways were holy and are holy. Even if in the moment that ways don't seem holy, he knows that God's holy, right, in these moments. So it's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to let it out sometimes. As long as we know we can, what, look up by looking back. All this is happening, but God, I know how wonderful you are. I know all the mercies and the miracles and the love you've shown me, right? By your strong arm, you redeemed your people. Asaph is speaking of a specific incident here, okay? By the strong arm, you redeemed your people, okay? The descendants of Jacob and Joseph. This is a certain story in the Bible he's talking about, okay? God was going to disappoint when it appeared that God was going to disappoint people. He came through in a great way. Think about Moses and the Red Sea, right? Think about this story. Hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt. God rescued his people with his strong arm. That's what he's talking about. As he led them out into Egypt, it appeared he led them straight into a dead end. How do you think those people felt when they got to that Red Sea? Like, Lord, are you kidding me? You saved us and you brought us here? Do you see who's behind us, right? Could you imagine the disappointment that would be at that moment? They're running for their lives, literally. Literally running for their lives. And they get to this huge body of water that you can't just pass, right? It's not swimmable. It's not, you know, there's not jet skis back then. There's not, you know, these kind of things that they're just going to jump on and keep on running away from the bad guy. There's horses and chariots and women and children. And how are we going to, Lord, are you kidding me? All of this for this. I can only imagine the disappointment. Let's keep reading. Verse 16 in the Psalms. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depth. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the sky. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea. Your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. Okay, so remember, this is all the same chapter of Asaph. Complaining, right, just mumbling, disappointed, kind of fussing at God, but then he remembers, oh God, you were there for me. Talks about how he's there for me. And then he says, your strong arm, you were there for your people. And remember the story of the Red Sea. Right? This is a whole different kind of canyon scene, right? When you come to that Red Sea River. I got a little video clip to you. I think it's in there. 
This is a, it's not going to look the best because I had to steal it from TikTok. I couldn't find it anywhere else, so it's going to not look the best. But I want you guys to watch this, like, two-minute video, okay, on the Red Sea uh, crossing. And I thought it was very interesting. So let's watch that real quick. Right here where this valley comes out, there's a, a, a natural waterway. It's a dry riverbed. That is called a wadi, W-A-D-I. If you went into that wadi, you would find there are rocks all over the place, but they've all been pushed out of the way to make a path. Somebody pushed all the rocks out of the way to make a path for wagons, apparently. That dry riverbed, the wadi, ends up at that white dot, which you can barely see on from this satellite map. That white dot is actually this giant beach. Off to the right, you can see where that wadi comes into it, that dry riverbed. And at the bottom of that beach, way down there, which would be the south end, at the south end, Ron Wyatt found this pillar. It had fallen down, half in the water. He and his sons dragged it out, scrubbed it off. A lot of it was eroded, but part of it was still readable. And it basically said something to the effect of this pillar was erected by King Solomon to commemorate the crossing of the Red Sea. So they went and did some research. Uh, the National Geophysical Data Center in Boulder, Colorado has a map showing the depth of the water. How deep is the water? Above this red arrow, you can see where it says the Elan Deep, or Elat Deep. It's nearly 5,000 feet deep. The Gulf of Aqaba is. Incredibly deep water. South of there is the Aragonese Deep, which again is nearly 5,000 feet deep. Right where that arrow is, there's a shallow place. It's only 900 feet deep which is still pretty deep. But 900 foot in eight or nine miles is a nice gentle slope down and a nice gentle slope up. Easy for wagons. There's an underwater land bridge right there. He says they walked across on dry ground, 900 foot wall of water on both sides. He went out to as deep as they could go, 100 feet or whatever, 150 feet with the scuba equipment, and found all along, as far as they could go, chariot wheels with no chariots attached to them. And chariot bodies crumbling badly, poorly conditioned, you know, with no wheels on them. They found horse skeletons and human skeletons crusted over with coral. The chariot wheels, you can see one here in this picture, it's kind of hard to see, but it's gold-plated wood, but the wood has rotted out. There's only one Egyptian dynasty that used four-spoke, six-spoke, and eight-spoke, all three types used in this one dynasty, and all three are found down there or something like that thought this was very, very interesting how they said just in that one perfect spot was where, did you hear him say it was almost like an underwater bridge, right? It was 5,000 feet deep, 5,000 feet deep, and only 900 feet deep. And that's that perfect spot where God split the water, right? That's right where they walked. So it was a perfect gradual walk right back down and right back up, right? thought that was just perfect to how God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts right at that moment they're like god what are you doing why did you bring us here why did you bring us to this spot god said this is why i brought you to this spot because it's five thousand feet over there right this is the perfect spot for my getaway plan right this is the best spot for this sometimes we have to trust god with something we may not know is going to happen Right? We might have to do something we think is crazy because God's ways are higher than our ways. God knows why he's having us do something. He knows why he picked that one spot. He knows why he sent you to that school. He knows why whatever may have happened, happened, right? He switched that class for you. 
Maybe he get across the path of somebody you need to talk to, somebody you need to talk about Jesus to. Somebody, maybe you did make that sports team or maybe you didn't make that sports team or the band for a certain reason, right? God's ways are higher than our ways, okay? Everybody bow your head and close your eyes for me real quick. It's inevitable that we will at one day experience disappointment, right? We're going to have setbacks. We're going to have thoughts that we don't, don't agree with. We're going to have different things happen. Right? If, if, if he met all of our expectations, we might as well be God ourselves. Right? We're going to just have these, these, these things happen. Right? But when we experience disappointment, the question is, what will we do with it? Will we avoid it? Will we ignore it? Do we sugarcoat it and just move past it? Do we keep God at just surface level? Or do we actually try to go deep with God? Do we actually try to build this relationship to where, God, I trust you. I don't know why. I don't know where we're going. But, Lord, I trust you. I'm letting this river of honesty flow, this river of trust flow. We don't want to avoid it. You know, we're going to be honest. We're going to get alone with God and say, search my soul. God, right? David says, Lord, forgive me of my sins that I know and even the sins that I don't know. Father God, bring the light and let me know. We want to be honest about the specific ways or ways that we feel we're let down by God. We, we can do that. It's okay to do that. Number two, we're going to search our souls, right? We're going to answer the question, how do I really feel? Your answer may not be the quote-unquote spiritual correct answer. Sometimes it may even feel selfish, but I promise God can handle our brutal honesty. And we look up by looking back, right? From the depths, we look up by looking back at what God did. As we're walking that path with God, we're walking just this, this walk with God, this daily journey. Before we know it, we've got these Grand Canyon-sized walls next to us because we're building this relationship with Jesus. We're so deep. We're so deep in them. We're so deep that we can look back at all the good things he's done for us along the way. We ask him just to wash away any, any false understandings of him that we've had, God, or any, anything we can replace with the solid rock of truth about who Jesus is and why we're in that relationship with him. Lord, we thank you, God. We praise you, Father, today, God. We ask you just to put it in these students' hearts, Father God, that it's never too early to start building a deep relationship with you. Let's get more than just surface level with God. We don't want to be just somebody we talk to on Sunday, a friend we see at school, just an acquaintance, Father. We want to have a relationship that we talk to them every single day, Father. We want God just to be a part of everything we do. Everything, every decision we make, we run it through God. Is this the best decision? Is this how I should live my life? Is this best for me and my family if I do this or do that, Father? Lord, I thank you right now, God, just for, for deep relationships being formed and starting today. Lord, we can take it from Asaph, just like he did, God. We're allowed to be frustrated. We're allowed to, to question, show our disappointments, Father God, but we want to be honest and say, but, God, you did all this for me. Your ways, God, your miraculous ways. Your thoughts are higher than mine, God. 
Lord, I ask you just to bless us today, Father. Keep us safe as we go, Lord. Keep us safe this week as school is starting. Bring us back Wednesday to youth group. Lord, and let us have a, an amazing youth retreat this weekend. Father, we're just going to have a fun time, God, but we are just going to dive into your word. And we are just coming out of this relationship deeper, coming out of this camp deeper, Father God. That's the name of it. Father, I know you told me specifically to call it deeper for a reason, God. And we don't want to be just shallow Christians. We want to have deep, deep roots planted in you, God. We want to not be swayed by, by when friends at school start trying to get us to do this or do that, God. We're a no because we know who you are. We know who we are in you, Father. I mean, our roots are deep. We're not blown away easily, God. Lord, I love you. I thank you and I praise you, Father. Do you remember we pray? Amen. Amen, amen, amen.